0: Animation. One Woodrad Podcast Network is a proud affiliate of AnimationLegends.com. Use our promo code RINGS to save at checkout. We're talking actual, authentic animation production artwork. One-of-a-kind things you're not going to find anywhere else. Authentic animation cells background paintings and production artwork from some of the most legendary, iconic Saturday morning cartoons and animated features. We're talking the Brave Little Toaster, we're talking Little Nemo in Slumberland, the Ultimate Spider-Man, X-Man, Ewoks, He-Man, G.I. Joe and many more. Go to AnimationLegends.com and get real, authentic, one-of-a-kind artwork that you can adorn your walls with and save at checkout with our promo code Ring. That's R-I-N-G-S, rings, at checkout, animationlegends.com. The future of gaming is portable, so let's talk about the games in our hands, the games in our pockets, let's talk about the future today. It's Handy Pocket.
1: Also known as Bad Mikey in Latvia.
0: <laughs> yes. Something we've been experiencing uh, recently. I'm Kyle Von Kubik and I'm joined along with... Johnny Capcom. Hey, John, what's going on?
1: Not a whole lot. What, uh,
0: what's well, you know, the spooky for- season is upon us, John. <laughs> oh, is this? It is, yes. <laughs> Halloween is just around the corner. <laughs> of course, we're laughing because it is July when we're recording this, and our uh, club members are going to hear this uh, in just a week or so. But if you're listening on the free feed, Halloween's just around the corner, folks, so get those pumpkins out and put out the uh, the scarecrows and the witches. It's time for the fall harvest, uh, and uh, I got something special in my pocket, a little little trick and treat, if you will.
1: Is it a big piece of candy corn? Is that what's sticking out of your pocket?
0: no no it is a castlevania game
1: oh lordy so that's
0: that's the treat and the trick is it's the only one that came out on the mega drive of course that's castlevania bloodlines Ah, okay. came out in 1994 and uh, of course it was you know developed and published by konami are you familiar with this game
1: i am i've played it quite a bit
0: now did you play it as castlevania the new generation because blood is a bad word over by um, you,
1: I'm not sure. I played it as a ROM.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's the first. I played it as a Vampire Killer.
1: Yeah, so like, I think I don't think I even knew it existed. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, uh, for the longest time, because I don't really remember playing Castlevania games as a child. I don't think I ever interacted with them that much. I remember Super Castlevania Four. Yeah, because that was a SNES launch title. But yeah. really, it was not till it was like in my like, I want to say 18, 19 around that age, when I realized I could just steal all games and play them for free on a PC. Yeah. Uh, yep. That I was like, okay, I'm going to get into all this stuff. And I got super into Castlevania and, um, yeah, played uh, this one, Bloodlines, quite a bit because it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> it is pretty <laughs> good. It, it unfairly gets compared to Super Castlevania 4 a lot. Um, I think it's important to remember that the Mega Drive came out in 1988 and was built and designed to compete against the Famicom, or the Nintendo Entertainment System, not the Super Nintendo, which came out in 1990. Um, the, The fact that the Mega Drive was able to be a contemporary of a console generation above it for so long is really a testament to Sega. (laughs) <laughs> they they tacked on a lot of junk along the way I, I think it's a good game castlevania bloodlines plays a lot like what i would expect an arcade version of castlevania to play like of course there is an arcade version of castlevania called haunted castle which i don't think anyone should waste their time with i don't oh, yeah, remember. yeah uh, we talked that game, about that game i don't remember if we you and i talked about that game
1: and yeah, that game fucking sucks
0: <laughs> yes it does fucking suck uh i did play this for the first time back in the 90s when emulating was like the new hotness and nesticle and uh, ZSNES uh were the uh emulators of choice and i did i played it as vampire killer because i guess that was the rom that was floating around and uh, i don't remember which sega emulator i was using at the time but it's not important uh so yeah it had three different names in, in america it was called bloodlines And it is uh, really gory in comparison to Super Castlevania 4, particularly with the zombies. And a lot of the the sprite work was changed for the European market. I'm surprised it wasn't called, like, I don't know, anti-vampire hero Castlevania or something like that. But they got rid of a lot of the blood. They, They turned the blood to water. They made the zombies green because in the American version, the zombies are like this fleshy sort of pink, and they break apart, and it's awesome.
1: According to the internet... Yeah. It was called Castlevania, the new generation in yeah. Australia. Oh, okay. And it was called Vampire Killer in Europe. Okay. All right. And Japan. So yeah. I don't know. Look, I didn't play it at the time. Um, yeah. I would have because, uh, you know, I rented <laughs> Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Bram Stoker's Dracula from my uh, master system back in the day. Sure. Uh, so I like Vampire and Dracula Man and Wolfman games Yeah. Uh, and uh, played shit ones, <laughs> you know, sure. pa- paid to play them. So I would have definitely uh, played around with this. Uh, I'm seeing here, though, maybe the Wikipedia's wrong because...
0: Don't worry about it. What, with the name- naming?
1: Yeah, no, no it's, I can see a Mega Drive version here of Castlevania, the new generation, which has better art than the um, American version. American version had new art, crafted opera, whereas the European version used the Japanese art, similar to Castlevania Symphony of the Night.
0: Yeah, we always <laughs> fucked up art. For no reason. You know? Yeah. We just just like, we, we got somebody's cousin who did good airbrushing on a van and was like, yeah, have you ever heard of Mega Man? No? Yeah. Okay, cool. Do the box art. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I've played most recently Castlevania Bloodlines on the... Uh, Sega Genesis Mini because uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Mega Drive Mini 2 recently Mm -hmm. and I was like well let me dust off this good old boy actually to be completely honest I was supposed to record a 20XX episode with Keith um, but we both ran into a little bit of frustration with Wily Wars so anytime I got frustrated with Wily Wars the uh, only Mega Man game for the Mega Drive and Sega Genesis. Uh, I just kept jumping back over to Castlevania Bloodlines because it, it is, it's fast paced, it's arcadey, and it's uh, its fun. It's not a huge commitment, unlike Super Castlevania 4, where there's like, uh, what are you laughing about?
1: Sorry, just Dr. I remember used to read Dr. Wily's Dr. Willy. Oh, Willy. <laughs> and Willy is a pseudonym, or a, not pseudonym, a, a slang term for a penis in uh, in Ireland. Yes. And I just I, was like, I just thought... Oh, they all funny? got a
0: big chuckle with Jet Set Willy, huh?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it was a single entendre, I should imagine. But, uh, yeah, no, I just thought... I like the idea of them going, we need to use a more formal language on this. We'll call it Mega Man, the penis conflict.
0: So anyway, I was supposed to be playing that game, and instead I was playing this. I dusted off the, uh, the, the Mini. What do you think about this Mega Drive Mini 2? I'll probably get it. Yeah, you think so? Not as of right now. with are recording now. I know it's spooky season, so our feelings might change by the time the real spooky season comes. But right now, uh-huh. in the summer of 2022, not really seeing a lot of games grabbing me for that uh that sequel.
1: Well, the reason I get it is it's clearly going to be able to play Sega Mega CD or whatever it is games. Yes, yeah,
0: Sega CD games. Yep.
1: So that I mean, look, obviously, I would have bought an original mega drive mini but again the games in on that one didn't really grab me the games yeah. in this one are a bit weirder so the base games are interesting but if it's possible for me to dump cd-roms onto it and play um sewer shark and uh you,
0: well, you know you got lunar you got snatcher
1: yeah like those games appeal to me more for whatever yeah. reason yeah and um I can see getting one, if, as long as they're not too pricey, you know?
0: Yeah, Peter Graphic, ho- uh, co-host on uh, Gotta Go Cast, said that, you know, if they made the shell look like the Sega CD, that'd be a uh, maybe a, a buy for him. He Which like version, though.
1: though?
0: Well, I guess because it's the Model 2. Well, he actually preferred with the way that this is being rolled out, because most of the people who are expected to buy the, the uh, sequel... To the first mini console uh already have the first mini console he thought it'd be cool if it was an attachment that could go on to your first console but i understand like marketing wise that might not work because now you're asking people to like what if you don't have yeah the, the first uh mini console that they rolled out but i would like it if it did have the genesis model 2 CD attachment already next to it to really sell the Sega CD aspect of it, but there's not a lot of Sega. I mean, there are a lot of Sega CD games in comparison to the first one, but I really feel like it should be like the Sega CD uh, console, mini console. You know, the the CD
1: the first attachment went on the side.
0: First attachment went on the bottom. Uh, Ah yes, okay. And the other one was the the, uh, the well, there was the one that went in the cartridge slot. There was the one that went below it. Well, that was
1: the 32X went up top.
0: I believe there was a Sega CD that went on top as well. That oh, Jesus. That had definitely did destroy
1: your cartridge slot. <laughs> I have to imagine.
0: Hey, it's Kyle Von Kubik with an addendum. I'm wrong. There was no Sega CD that went into the cartridge slot. I'm thinking of the Jaguar CD. Now back to our show. Uh, but then the, the Model 2, I believe, had the side saddle. Yeah. Which is the one I, I prefer. I think it looks nice. I know it's a longer system. But...
1: Yeah. I, I like the, the bottom-loader one. I, I, see, the thing is, I like I love absolutely adore the design of the
0: original Mega Drive console. Sure. With the like, 16-bit and gold on top.
1: Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. You know, and I love That's... that Batarang controller as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I prefer looking at it than playing with it. Like, the... The later 6 button revision is a far superior controller to just like, Right, you know, but r-
0: again, 1988, you got to remember like it had an extra action button compared to the NES. <laughs> like that's why there was a 3 button controller. Why See? they be releasing <laughs> that 3 button controller now makes no sense cuz the 6 oh, button is far yeah. superior.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I have a I actually have a 6 button Mega Drive controller at the moment. I had a 6 button Saturn controller. Well, no, yeah. an 8 button Saturn controller for my Switch and the d-pad shit the bed on it and yeah. uh, thankfully i brought it back to the shop where i bought it and they were just like look it we take 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 your money or whatever else like we you know we will replace this and they had a mega drive one sitting there and i was like you know what i want a pad <laughs> so just yeah. give me that mega drive one and we will call it a day and It worked out for both of us like the, the six foot mega Drive pad is really nice yeah and i seem to remember the reason it was released was because of Street Fighter 2?
0: Uh, I believe so, yeah. It was one uh, of the fighting games. It was either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter 2. I'm going to guess. I remember... Fighter
1: I, I, I think with Mortal Kombat, like, you had everything you needed there. You had like a punch and a block button and a kick button. Yeah. But with um, Street Fighter 2, like the way you did it was you would press start to alternate between like kicks and punches.
0: Oh, if you had the three button, yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that was not good. That
0: sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but... um. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like the six-button controller came out then, and I was just like, what is this? What is this brave new world?
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, well, the, the mini console, the first mini console, is the three-button controller. You have all the buttons you need for this particular title, and it plays like you'd expect a Castlevania game to play, even though it's a little bit faster and more action-oriented and doesn't rely so much on the exploration because this is a guidance Story in the Castlevania universe, although I think it's a pretty cool story. Uh, You're not dealing with a a Belmont per se, although they try to make a connection in the manual here. Uh, You're playing as John Morris, who is the uh, son of Quincy P. Morris, who's from the Bram Stoker book, which is neat.
1: The guy who actually kills Dracula.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And um, I always said, too, because my wife is big into the classic. Universal monsters and the books that they're based off of and you know the different films the hammer films and things I always tell her that I'm like I think Castlevania did more for Dracula than anything else because it really like fleshed out that Character in my opinion. It's not all good much like other types of you know universes or whatever Uh, but it definitely has some good things that came out of the different expansions with uh, Castlevania.
1: No, I was gonna say like the versions of Dracula that exist are all basically reflections of their own times. Yes, you know like um, the the Bela Lugosi Dracula was created as like a sex fiend foreigner for Americans to be afraid of, and then they're stealing the Chris-
0: our women.
1: Yeah, the Christopher Lee Dracula then was. They're like, ah, look at we, you know, they're not that far into us. Right. It's just, you know, sex pests exist everywhere now. <laughs> and, you know, then like the so it's always, it's got more to do the, the a film version of Dracula, a video game version of Dracula. It's got more to do with what's going on in the world now than what it does in the original book. Mm. And the the version of Dracula that we got in Castlevania. Like you know, at the beginning, obviously he was a monster man. Yeah. You know, trollback, whatever. But by the time we got to the '90s and this version, although it's it's not Dracula like this, isn't it? It's a. It's, it's
0: his a- niece. Yeah. So um, I'll give a little bit of a story for this game, Castlevania Bloodlines. The the plot is a, a guidance story, so it's not connected to the mainline series, but it involves his uh, Dracula's niece, Elizabeth Bartley, that I have to imagine is based on Elizabeth. Bathory, who was a, a real—what was she? Hungarian, I think she was a Hungarian duchess that murdered virgin, virgins and bathed in their blood.
1: She was from somewhere in Central Europe.
0: Okay, <laughs> but yeah, she was a real person from history who yes. actually killed virgins and and bathed in their blood. Uh, so, but Elizabeth Bartley is the niece to Dracula. She wants to, of course, resurrect Dracula. And she does so by kicking off World War One as like a human sacrifice. And this the sacrifice, sac- sacrificial war is going to uh, raise Dracula uh, from the dead. So the uh, son of, of Quincy Morris, John Morris, and his fr- friend uh, Eric Lacard go and try to stop this. I think that's a really cool story. I think that, that, that has uh, some good bones to it.
1: Oh, definitely. And it moves all around Europe as well. So there's a lot more varied locations. Right
0: yeah that's a that's a big distinction between this and other Castlevania games where it's not you're you're not in Castle Dracula uh, you're you start at a castle or a mansion and if, if the setting kind of feels like what you'd expect when you first start playing Castlevania game but then it starts moving around Europe and you're in like Atlantis which is neat and you're in
1: uh, Atlantis which is right next door to Ireland <laughs> yeah party. you two
0: jump around a lot very quickly. Uh, but there, there's some interesting stages here.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I always get stuck on the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Okay. I think that's, that game
0: is so weird, right? That's like um, that's when you start going on the ceiling.
1: Well, it's where you're climbing up on the. It's a lot of platforming to get up to the boss
0: at the very top.
1: And the boss is cheap, and the way up is cheap. And it's the, usually the point where I'm just like, oh, fuck this game.
0: It, it, does, uh, it has a. Um, it's it's a good incline to difficulty, but it does get more challenging in the later stages. I will say this: you can put it on easy mode, and it does make it easier. Uh, and also, if you're struggling a little bit, I would recommend playing as Eric Lecard because you have a he, he uses a spear instead of a whip, and you can actually like pole vault mm-hmm. to get to some of the platforms where you can just st- uh, skip staircases. And you also have. A b- bigger reach with your spear than John does with his whip.
1: Well, he can still he can swing on it, <laughs> can he? He can
0: swing on his whip. Th- and again, this is where it gets compared to Super Castlevania Four. You don't have the eight-way direction with the whip. I'm not sure why I feel like the Genesis was capable of doing that, but maybe it wasn't. You can jump with John and do an upward angle to the right or the left, but you can't actually swing your whip up which is annoying but with Eric LeCard you can thrust your spear up but you can't while you're jumping so when John's on the ground he can't swing his whip upward in any direction he has to jump to do that and he can't go straight up but he can hook on to like uh, the ceiling and and swing Tarzan mode if you will there's this there's just weird differences between the two characters so if you're going into this right from a Super Castlevania 4, uh, you might get frustrated because they, they, these two characters do play a little bit differently. Oh, definitely. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's a departure as much as the other Konami uh, Sojourn on the Mega Drive was uh, Contra Hardcore. Right. You know, it's like that's a departure from Super Contra or whatever it's called. What was it
0: called? Super Contra 4? Super Contra 3? For the Super Nintendo, wasn't it just called Super Contra?
1: I'm not sure. Uh... It was probably called Super Pro Protector here, anyway. So,
0: hey, it's your pal again with another quick addendum. The Contra game on the Super Nintendo was called Contra 3: The Alien Wars, while the Contra that appeared on the Mega Drive, aka the Sega Genesis, was Contra Hard Corps. Now back to our show.
1: Yeah, we had to. It was called Pro Protector here. Okay. Uh, Because of the Germans basically gotcha if you, want, if you want to know why blood and stuff was taken out it was because germany was terrified of us
0: <laughs> yeah well they were like
1: oh no if the, the the kinder sees the blood they'll just fucking start marching again you know they'll
0: start goose stepping
1: <laughs> that's how it is they're becoming martial people once more
0: yeah, John touched on uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You're going around uh, to different parts of Europe. There's the Atl- Atlantis Shrine, there's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, there's a munitions factory, which is uh, neat. But again, <laughs> don't compare this to Super Castlevania IV uh, because one of my critiques for the game, like I like these experiences with each stage and their settings and you get the gears and the pistons of the munition factory, which I really dig. But like the backgrounds are kind of flat in a lot of these stages and it's kind of got that arcade feel where like that first stage, which is um, the ruins of Castle Dracula that you're going through, looks really good and like the interiors look nice. But then like after you get through the second stage with Atlantis, which is really cool, too, because there's these uh, platforming challenges where the water is rising again, giving that kind of arcade feel. Once you get into the Munitions Factory and the leaning Tower of Pisa and and the later stages, the background really drops off. You're just getting like solid bands of color or a flat color and like a sprite of the moon in the sky. There's no parallax. There's no dithering. I'm okay with it. I don't know if it was a limitation to to the system. I kind of believe it. it couldn't be because I remember other games where there was plenty of dithering in the back. There was plenty of parallax scrolling. The Shinobi games, for example. Um, had that going on uh, so that's a little disappointing but but on the foreground I like a lot of the sprite work um, the set pieces are nice like it talked about with the munitions with the pistons and the gears they all operate nicely within the stage I will say that uh, John Morris and uh, Eric LeCard yeah, they, they snap nicely they don't feel like bags of sand <laughs> like uh, Simon does in the NES games well, and, like, the, the frustration of the stairs, at least for me, if you're familiar with the Castlevania series, stairs get a little annoying, right? You could snap on and off the stairs in this game easily with these two characters. In fact, Eric, you could just skip the stairs altogether like I touched on. So there there are uh, pluses and minuses throughout the game, but I think for a Sega Genesis game, not just a Castlevania game, because there is no other Sega Genesis Castlevania to, to compare this to, but as a... Sega Genesis or a Mega Drive game, I think it's a lot of fun, and it makes sense on the console that it's on, because the big thing about the Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis was porting arcade games home, and and that was really, like, the feel that they were going for, and this feels like an arcade, a good arcade Castlevania
1: game. I mean, like, you touched on the visuals. I think the Atlanta stage, whatever it is, um that has, a, uh, like, really interesting water effects in it. Like, you know, where the water is... Yeah, they're Yeah, the reflection, like, kind of, yeah, reflect, but it's like, you know, like it's like a tide, it replicates a tide kind of shifting in and out. At, at the beginning of the level, anyway. Right, uh, It's a good showcase of what could be done with the uh, Mega Drive.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, as far as uh, Castlevania soundtracks go, and I know this is kind of polarizing where people, you know, don't like the way that the FM synth sounds on the genesis. But I think this has t- tremendous music and I think it is one of the best 16-bit era uh Castlevania soundtracks. It was composed by Michiru Yamane, uh who who also she composed Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So, uh she has uh, quite the pedigree.
1: I assume straight after Symphony of the Night she was fired and told to go and get married to somebody.
0: Um, oh she was not
1: because she was 24 and they're like you don't want to be christmas cake left on the shelf go and prove yourself to some man
0: oh my god that's terrible john
1: hey i'm not the one who made up the rules of japanese backward sexism okay Uh, i'm just the one making fun of it like some of the greatest pro wrestlers in the world right in the 90s yeah uh broke away to form their own promotion because they would be working for like all Japan women or whatever and then they'd be 24 and the promoter would be like well time for you to fuck off go make babies and they're just like yeah we're only actually really getting good at this now and they're like oh also you are firing everybody who's great at this age so we're just gonna get everybody you fired and start our own promotion and run the Tokyo Dome and that's what they did yeah Uh, because it's a really stupid idea to develop a skilled employee from, you know, high school age to college age, and then fire them because they need to go be a birther.
0: Uh, well, Yamane stuck with Konami up until Konami stopped making games. It looks like uh, she composed lots of Castlevania soundtracks, um, Lament of Innocence, Curse of Darkness, uh, Aria of Sorrow, all bangers. Uh, and she's doing freelance work now.
1: She's actually uh, she's in the current lineup with Def Leppard. <laughs>
0: No, but she did work on Bloodstain Ritual of the Night, most
1: recently. <laughs>
0: you jerk.
1: She could be, you know.
0: <laughs> Anybody could be a deaf leopard at this point. <laughs> I got two arms. I can drum. <laughs> That'll get cut. <laughs> that joke's getting cut.
1: So I, I, I think
0: it's a, it's a game that's often overlooked um, because of the console it came out on. Um, I, I like bringing it up every so often because there are those oddball Castlevania games that people forget about. Um, I, You know, a lot of people talk about Rondo. Rondo's great. Rondo of Blood. It's fantastic. And I'm not comparing Rondo to this. Th- that Rondo plays more like a traditional Castlevania game where there is exploration. Uh, this plays more like an arcade game. It's kind of its own thing, but I think Castlevania fans will find uh, a lot of enjoyment from this game. You got a lot of the similar... Uh, sub-weapons, right? You got your boomerang, you got your axe, you got your holy water. Uh, if you do up and the attack with those weapons, they, they do a power-up move. You collect gems instead of hearts to power up these weapons, but that's the same thing. The only thing I will criticize the game about is, um, well, you brought up the difficulty, and a lot of, a lot of the difficulty stems from there aren't a lot of health pickups throughout the stages. You'll find your wall turkey occasionally but it's not plentiful and you're not getting a lot of health drops from the enemies or the candles or whatever you're you're whipping or stabbing um with your respective weapons which kind of stinks and i wish it, when you put it into easy mode maybe you saw so- some of that like you saw more health drops really it just comes down to wall turkey so you gotta look for cracks in the wall to find it but otherwise other than those those small critiques i think this is a solid game like i said i think it's it's a great genesis game And it's a must-play for uh, Castlevania fans who missed it. Well, that does it for this episode. I'd like to thank my co-hosts for joining me, as well as the members of One Rad Club, without whom these shows just wouldn't happen. If you'd like to show your support for these shows, check out oneradclub.com. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to all the great shows on the One Rad Podcast Network. And for a little bit more than a dollar a month, you can unlock all sorts of other exclusive content and physical rewards. Again, be sure to check out OneRadClub.com. Thank you so much for your support. We'll be right back real soon.